Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. Uh, this week we're going to be going into a quick and dirty, but really quickly, we are both real-life zookeepers, and nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Yes. So with that, um, those highly official credentials, we're going to be offering advice, I guess, because people ask us for it. Why do you guys do this? You won't stop emailing. <laughs> we're not qualified. <laughs> we say this every week. The list. What more do we have to do? Longer and longer. Yeah, we get a we get a lot of questions, so we're making it through the backlog. If you have sent a quick and dirty question in the past, uh, just know that it hasn't been lost. We record all of them, and we will eventually get to all of them. But for right now, we're getting to this one. So there this is like a we- really ugly un like organized Excel spreadsheet that <laughs> yes. gives me cancer to look at. Yeah, Awful. it's not pretty. So we avoid looking at it at all yeah. costs. <laughs> Didn't do a good job on that one. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's functional. That's what it is. Uh, but before we get into it, Flora, how's your week going? It's okay. It has been crafty. I've been making crafts for yeah. Aussie Animal Auction. Um, been playing Pokemon. Been reading books. I've been just like lounging, I guess. Sounds nice. Those are good. all good winter activities. Yeah. What Sounds about you? Really nice. Uh, about the same. I did some crafts um, this week, which was super nice. I just told you before we started recording, I'm back in my book game, which yes. is a relief because I love reading, but it's one of those things that I just never do. Like, I go through phases and it's frustrating. Do you ever do that? Like, you love to do something and then you just can't physically do it? Yeah, that's the depression part of it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this um, very recently on the show, in fact. But... um. Yeah, so anyways, back in that game, and I had some spaghetti for dinner, so I'm oh, ready for Oh, honey nut Cheerios. <laughs> also good. <laughs> How do you feel about that bee on that box? He's all right. I mean, like, I mean, in comparison to, like, Jerry Seinfeld bee. Barry B. Benson? <laughs> yes. He's not on Barry B. Benson level, I don't think. Okay, so if you were ranking like popular bees in in media, I it would be Barry Benson number one, Cheerio B, Buzz Lightyear, whatever his name is, number two. Honey is Nut Cheer. What is the Cheerio B name? Isn't it? Uh, is uh, he did not have a name until the year two thousand. When Christine Tong, a fifth grade student from Coolidge, Texas, won a national contest and named him Busby. Wow, Christine really went out in the fucking creativity limb there, to come up she? with, you little idiot. Oh, <laughs> she's like a favorite listener or something. Busby. What a terrible name. Is it like his first name is Buzz and it's the last initial? B, no, it's or? his, it's one word. Oh, Busby. Busby. Woof. And they chose that? What were the other options? It doesn't say. Damn. All right, well, I'm going to host a renaming of whatever the fuck his name is. Guys, send us your best Honey Nut Cheerio B name, and we'll decide, and we'll rename him. I mean, good God. I guess everyone just calls him Buzz. Yeah, But his name is, like, Buzz B. (sighs) Okay. It's not great. He also has his own Thanksgiving Day Parade float, I guess. Oh, wow. But Barry B. Benson doesn't. Which one is America's National Treasure? Well, in the mid-90s, Cheerio started looking at developing the Busby balloon, but 
The parade organizers did not think he had enough of a personality to be recognizable. Not until he got that name, that banging name. And then they had to rebrand him. Well, shit. Okay, well, um, this has been Serial Facts and History with Flora and Fauna. Hmm. Now on to the main show. Hmm. Uh, Alrighty, so let's get into our question. So our uh, question we're going to be answering this week comes from comes from Charlie. And they were asking about volunteers. They had a pretty long question, so I'll kind of paraphrase. But they said that the facility they work at, uh, they're a volunteer. And the program itself is more integrated with keepers than a lot of other places are. Um, they said that they realize that keepers are experts in their particular area and that volunteers aren't necessarily that. But in spite of that, volunteers spend a lot of time talking to guests about animals um, and sometimes a lot more than keepers do. They have definitely uh, said incorrect animal facts during talks and seen keepers give them a stink eye, but they try to get it right and a lot of the volunteers they work with struggle because they don't necessarily have formal or pertinent training or education to properly do those types of things. Uh, this person says they try to attend keeper talks whenever they can and they try to learn a lot from them, but they want to know our thoughts on volunteers and they want us to be candid, so let loose. Whew. <laughs> Uh, first off, you've worked with a lot of volunteers. I've worked with vol- a lot of volunteers. Uh, what kind of capacity have you worked with them? Like, are they pretty involved in all aspects of the keeper routines that you've worked with? Or are they a little more restricted to certain duties? What's your experience? Yeah, I have, like, a lot of different, I guess, experiences. I think it definitely ranges from, like, the size of your zoo, too. Like, makes it really variable. Um, I also started as a volunteer myself, and I had, like, a lot of hands-on work. Um, with animal care and even, like, in carnivore dens and stuff. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Which I don't – I feel like isn't that, like, common. And then um, – but, like, my volunteers, I've had a bunch who were, like, super hands-on and, like, doing a bunch of, like, the dirty work. And then also people who are, like, more docents, I think, than anything else. And they're more on the education side of things and they do less, like, manual labor work. That seems to be, like, sometimes older volunteers and things like that. Um, yeah. But then I have some who, like, do both. Like, they do, like, half docent work throughout the day, and then they'll come and, like, help me feed the penguins or, like, still help me with, like, actual direct, like, animal care, which is really super helpful, so. Oh, fuck yeah. That's a good mix. But I just feel like every zoo is, like, different. They're, like, on a spectrum. So I feel like everybody is going to have, like, different. So, like, what did you – what is your experience with them? Yeah. uh, Similar. It kind of depends. Like you said, there's more of, like, a keeper – uh, kind of like husbandry aid role where they do a lot more of like the keeper physical work and then more of like a docent role that's hands off, uh, more hands off at least, and they do more like guest encounters. So it the I don't know. I mean the it ranges quite a bit. Um, I think there's like a position for everyone. I think, uh, like you said, a lot of the kind of more hands off, more like guest experience based ones tend to go to the older docents. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a little bit easier for them. I know at my zoo, we have like a really big volunteer program, um, which we're really lucky to have because they honestly like make the zoo go round. Mm -hmm. Um, that like unpaid volunteer hours that they put in is like invaluable. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they don't always get the appreciation they deserve. Uh, this person was asking specifically about like our thoughts on volunteers and, you know, kind of like, I guess for lack of a better term, like, their shortcomings and stuff. So um, I guess with their experience in, like, doing keeper work or, or 
interacting with guests and stuff like that. So what have your experiences with your volunteers been like? Have they been mostly positive? Have you had some drawbacks? Like, what do you think? I apologize if you can hear the people above me fucking stomping because that's also happening oh. right now. Um, <laughs> it's making me very angry. But sure. um, yeah, I think it, you know, everybody's different. So I've definitely mm-hmm. had some like volunteers like come in and usually, I mean, every place I've worked, you do like an in-person interview and like you mm-hmm. apply to be a volunteer. You don't just like show up day one and there's usually an right, orientation yeah. process and there's like a lot of things that they have to go through before they're like assigned to people. And I remember when I was like volunteering, I was like, hey, I actually have experience with carnivores. Like I'm looking at to be a zookeeper. I'm just doing this in the interim. Um, you know, I really would love to be in like a carnivore string and the volunteer coordinator was like yeah that's super and just like put me in the carnivore string but then apparently like didn't tell any of the zookeepers that so they just thought like i was just another like joe schmo coming in off the street that didn't know anything Mm -hmm. you know and i remember like one day we were um like medicating gosh what was it like an ocelot or something and they're like yeah can you just put food like in that rabbit and i was like yeah sure and i like got my leatherman out and like stabbed this rat rabbit and they're like oh my god don't use your personal <laughs> knife and i was like no man this is my zoo knife they're like what i was like yeah my zoo knife i got a zoo knife <laughs> <laughs> and they were and they had no idea so um i've run into that a lot too where there's like communication breakdown i guess between um sure. like the volunteer coordinators and the staff and stuff because like some bigger places they're seeing like I mean, like, hundreds of volunteers, like, go through oh, the place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially when you take into account some of, like, the younger, like, teen volunteer programs. Oh, yeah. And, like, the some of the, like, middle-aged ones and, like, the older ones. Like, there's just – it's like a revolving door of volunteers sometimes. Yeah. So it can be hard to keep up with that. Uh, so I definitely think there's, like, people who still slip through who just think they're going to have fun with animals, which isn't, like, entirely what we need. Um, we do need help with like some of the grosser stuff and some of the things that are less fun. But then every once in a while you get someone who's like, oh, like I work at a farm or something and they come in and they're like, I'm ready to kick ass. (laughs) And it's awesome. Yeah. Um, We have this one amazing volunteer, uh, in my place. He comes in every couple of weeks and he's trained as like a husbandry aide. So he does like full routine work minus like, uh, feeding and medicating animals and stuff like that. Right. So he basically does everything else, all the cleaning and, um, like, maintenance, and he builds enrichment, and he preps diets and whatever, and he's great. Like, his um, – we always, whenever he's there, like, ask, you know, what he wants to work on, if he wants to, like, spend some time with the animals since he does some work so hard. Mm-hmm. He's always like, no, nah, man, I'll just, like, build some enrichment if that's cool. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I don't know. I think – like, this person was asking about, like – the keeper like volunteer relationship and i think i don't know we talk about this with interns a lot too and that i think the people who are like inherently shitty and look down on volunteers are just shitty people in general oh for sure thing with interns like those people are there dedicating their time to you and granted they're not going to have the same amount of training and background that you do as a keeper but that's the whole point is like they're taking time out of their life to like donate their time to help you and the animals so don't a don't be an ass Mm -hmm. b Give them the benefit of the doubt and, like, take a time out of your day to realize that while you might be jaded, they are not. So, (laughs) like, make those experiences as fun as you can, even if they're just there to, like, I don't know, like, rake up leaves or something. Like, I always try to find an opportunity to share some cool facts about the animals that are nearby or, like, you know, talk about the day or, like, ask how they're doing Mm. and ask, you know, why they wanted to volunteer at the zoo, stuff like that, because 
they're probably not going to come back if it's terrible. Yeah. Um, and everybody has, like, their own reasons, right? Like, they just want something to do to yeah. get out of the house, like, if they're retired yeah. or they're interested in going into the field or they just want to, like, give back to the community. So I think, mm-hmm. like, it's definitely asking those questions is going to, like, help out ways that you can, like, make their experience more fulfilling. Um, yes. Yeah, I think that's really important for sure. So but when it comes to – go ahead. I was just going to say, but it's like you said, like, the people who are going to be, like, shitty to a volunteer are just, like, shitty people. Like, they're also shitty to us, like, their coworkers. So don't yeah. feel <laughs> – Yeah, we don't like being around them either. <laughs> yes, because we've definitely worked with people who, like, treated their interns and their volunteers like actual, like, sl- like slave labor, for lack of a better term, where they just don't – they just have them pick up shit every day, every single day. They don't talk to them. They don't, like, ask yes. them how their week was – they just yes. are like, oh, you're here. Here's a shovel. Here's a bucket. Go fuck yourself. Like, that's no way to treat somebody who's like taking time out of their day to help you out with something. They can totally do gross stuff, but at the end of the day, they should have something awesome to do as well. Um, yeah, they shouldn't leave there just like feeling like they were shat on all day. That's yeah, not fun. Yeah, and I've um we've experienced scenarios where people were like that, and then. You know, I think it helps, too, that, like, we were both, like, interns and volunteers, so we know on the mm. other side of things. Um, but even at my last zoo, I got, like, uh, like a huge, like, commendation from our education department because they were, like, every single intern and, like, volunteer, like, raves about how nice you are. I was, like, because I, oh. I treat them like people. Sorry, and nobody else does. <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't... <laughs> it's kind of, the, kind of the fucking basics, yeah. but thanks. It's just yeah. ridiculous. I, I mean, I think that's a big part of it, but... I mean, what better way to just, like, squash any person's enthusiasm, no, no matter what their age or reason for being there, than to just treat them like garbage and, yeah. like, expect them to do all this stuff. Like, they don't have to be there. They don't have to come back. Um, and I think it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah. On the specific subject of um, docents who are more, like, exhibit interpreter heavy in their duties, uh, what has your experience been with that? Like, do you – have you worked at zoos that have those? Is that pretty commonplace? And, like, how do you – how effective do you feel that they are? I think the docent side of it is harder just because the keepers, like, as far as places I've worked, we had, like, no, um, like, direct interaction with them or any hand in, like, their education or training or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they were all trained to, like, education staff and then just, like, placed in front of our habitat. And then we would just, like, run into them. And then I'm like, oh, I've never met you before. Sure. So yeah. I try to kind of go out of my way to, like, talk to them and then fill them in on stuff. Because sometimes even mm-hmm. the information that education has is not up to date. And stuff happens right. so fast in animal care, especially in, like, <clears throat> if you're, like, in a bird habitat or something with a bunch of birds in it. Like, those birds can be, like, in and out and, like, dying and hatching, like, nobody's business. So their information mm-hmm. might not be up to date or um, like even just the other day, like I had a animal who was just had like a slight limp. And so I went out and was just like, hey, everyone, you're going to see more people than me and they're going to be asking you why, like this is what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really important even to go out of your way even more in those situations because they're the front lines of your habitat. Like they yeah. need to know as much as you know because they're getting asked the same stuff. Like a visitor doesn't come to the zoo and see a docent and like really put together that that's like a volunteer. They just think like this mm-hmm. is a person who's in front of this habitat and knows everything about this habitat. Yes. And that's the expectation. Yeah. And not only that, but they're going to be the ones that are like policing that area too. Like if people are – goofing off or trying to like throw trash in or whatever like you want them to want to be there (laughs) you want them to care about what's going on there 
Um, I think one of the things that, like, one of the things that we always hear from our education staff whenever we go through our, like, interpretation updates or whatever is that the one thing they always hear from guests is that hearing stories about the animals, like, anecdotes from keepers is one of the best ways to, like, get them involved Mm -hmm. and to get them invested. And it's one of the most exciting parts of them going to keeper talks is having those experiences with that keeper. Because you feel closer. You automatically do. Yeah. And so that's one thing that they've always told us that we should go out of our way to share with our docents and volunteers or some of those more personal anecdotes. Because you're right. They're going to be the ones that our guests go to nine times out of ten. And having not only correct information, but like engaging information is important. Mm -hmm. You know, they're an extension of the keeper staff in that regard and that they are like our eyes and ears 90% of the time. Mm Um, when we're not out there. So I think it's, I think they're an invaluable resource. And I think it's, I mean, I'm so grateful to all of them that do it. There are definitely times where I've walked by and they're giving a talk or answering questions and the information is like (laughs) hella left base. Like it's just not, not correct at all. Um, But I think there's also avenues to fix that without just like being snooty and being like, oh, they don't know anything. They're just a volunteer. Well, and all of those, like, because it's all through the education staff and stuff, it's like, it's people, it's like the telephone game, right? Like where it's just like information Mm -hmm. is just getting passed on and on and on and on um, to different people who are like, oh, you work here, like, you know, right? Like, I think I told you, or maybe I said it even on the podcast, like, a long time ago, there was, like, a situation where, like, everyone at the zoo was telling this, like, weird urban legend and, like, acting, like, telling the story <laughs> like it had actually happened, and it was driving me absolutely fucking mad, and I, like, had to go and, like, it was just really awkward, and I made it weird, and I talked to, like, the boss and was just, like, hey, like, well, I just, like, was friends with them, so I texted them, and I was, like, everyone is telling this weird urban legend, can you tell them that that's not true? Um, <laughs> and it made it, like, really awkward and weird. But nobody tells that weird urban legend anymore as fact. Yeah, um, works. So I don't know. I think another thing to keep in mind if you are a docent and you're in a situation where, like, a keeper has made you uncomfortable or something, keep in mind that we are, like, not people. People at all. Like, most of us, like, yeah. don't know how to talk to a human being. And, like, our keeper chats and all this other stuff is, like, us faking it till we make it. So um, Absolutely. It's, like, it's us scripting it and doing the same talk 300 times so that it sounds very natural <laughs> and engaging. So, like, if, but in all actuality, it's, like, terrible and awful. If I walk by somebody and I hear them, like, saying the wrong thing fact number one i'm not gonna correct them in front of people which i know some people do and that's fucking awful but i also like do not have the like tact or the like balls to go up to them and say like hey by the way unless it was something like really like crazy but i don't know i just i would feel like so awkward doing that so but i'm hoping i don't give people like shitty looks either but i don't know yeah i just just think it's something where we all need to be nicer to each other like always yes um, yes. Because you oh, can't yeah. know everything and they can't know everything. And oh, by the way, I I don't know if you know this, but when you start becoming a zookeeper, this was something that like never passed through my brain. But when you are hired on as a zookeeper, okay, they start training you on how to do the job, on how to take care mm-hmm. of the animals. They do not train you about the natural history of any of these animals. No, you can take, that's not part of it at all. You can take care of an animal every single day, and there are some that I have in the past. You don't even know where it's from or, like, what it it does, like, natural history-wise. Like, all of that is... <laughs> what it do. <laughs> all of that is on you to look that up. So... Yep. 
I'm reading fucking Wikipedia just as much as the docents are, like, looking up this information. So I don't know yes. any more than, like, you guys do. So there's no reason that, like, a zookeeper should be, like, treating you like shit because they know more about an animal. They also just fucking read Wikipedia. So, like, fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, probably the only thing that they know is that animal's name and its age. And, like, oh my God. it poops a lot in this one spot in the habitat. Hello, or, like, I don't even know onions. all my fucking animals' <laughs> you know? ages. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's just, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. I've never, ever, ever, ever had that as part of my training. No, it's like, no. You now work with kookaburras. Here's this, like, little fact sheet nope. or, like, whatever. Nope. No. It's just like, oh, you have a keeper talking 30 minutes. Good luck. Yep. And you're like, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, though, also, that we all are here for the animals and, like, for the zoo itself, and... We have to keep that in mind. I agree with you. I think everyone just needs to be nicer to each other. And I think we're all trying our best. And it sounds like this question asker is going out of their way to, like, educate themselves, too. Like, it's they said that they try to look up the information and they go to Keeper Talks whenever they can and try to absorb that. Yeah. Which I think is great. That is great. I mean, I think that's one of the best ways to not only make sure that the stuff you're saying is, is like, relevant. Yeah. But um, it's also a good way to, like, put a face to a name for that Keeper, mm-hmm. too. Like, I know I never leave the building I work in, like, ever. And so the only time I'm out in the public is, like, the 30 minutes I'm out there for a talk, like, every other day. And so if I, you know, if I just hear about, like, oh, you have these docents working today. They're your exhibit interpreters. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Like, who who knows? Yeah. You know, someone walks up to me and they're like, do you do you know anything about these animals? I'm like, yeah, I've worked here for, like, 12 years. <laughs> you just never see me. Um but I think it's a great way to, like, you know, really, really put those two together. And a lot of times you might have a more meaningful conversation. I've definitely had volunteers come up and ask questions after Keeper Talks that they've watched me do. Be like, mm-hmm. can you clarify this? Right. Or, like, um, like, do you have any ideas on, like, how to answer this question that I get a lot? And I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, thanks for asking me. Um, super, super nice. Yeah. And there's also been times where I say the dumbest shit that's not true and people have no yep. idea. Like, I think for yep. six months... <laughs> I was saying Namibia was on, like, the left – wait, what did I say? I was saying Namibia was, like, on the eastern side of Africa, and it's not. It's on the west. But I just had, like, a – I don't know what I was thinking. But I I think I said, like – I think I talked about Namibia being on the East Coast for probably about six months, and nobody said dick all to me. And then one day I was just, like, looking at a map, and I was just like, fuck! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, so yeah, I think that's just, like, something that we all just have to, like, keep in mind. None of us are gonna know everything ever. We all make mistakes. The ding-dongs at the zoo aren't gonna know a goddamn bit of difference. It's just gonna be between you and the keepers. But I think, Absolutely. like, maybe just, like, making a relationship. Like, obviously, this person's already going out of their way. Um, but, like, trying to introduce themselves and be, like, you know, like, this is who I am. I'm here, like, these days. And, like, try to, like, work up a friendship. Because then maybe there'll be, like, a more, um, a more just, like, efficient transfer of information or, like, a more comfortable way to do it, right? Where, like, they feel more yeah, comfortable being, yeah. like, hey, by the way you know blah 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 um but i think in this instance too like the zookeeper is not going to go out of their way to do it probably because like i said they're like emotional or they're just like relationships with humans is the worst and they don't know how to function yes 
Yeah, and I think I think I think having that kind of relationship makes for a more cohesive team because you said earlier the guests don't know dick all they don't know no. if that person is a keeper no. they don't know if they're a volunteer that could be the goddamn ceo for all they know <laughs> yeah totally and so i think like all of that really it lends to the overall goal of like your facility and like making a very seamless transition of information from the experts who are the people that work at the zoo to the guests who are coming to learn and i think i've definitely been to zoos and i've worked at zoos where that that like cohesion is not there and so you definitely notice when like a keeper shows up there's like a high and mighty attitude of like well i'm finally here and the volunteers kind of shy away and that's not how it should be like those are the ones that are out there and god thank god for them because they're the ones dealing with the same fucking question a million times yeah i don't know how they don't dealing with screaming children all day and dealing with people like yelling random shit and like pounding on the glass and stuff like they are the ones having to deal with all the bullshit that we complained about Mm -hmm. on the show all the time but for like 10 times the amount of time yes so i just think like the more that we do on our end is you know going to translate to a better experience for them they're going to be more excited we're going to be more excited Mm -hmm. the public's going to be more excited it's just going to be better overall yes so for all the zookeepers listening be nice to your fucking docents and your volunteers. Treat your fucking volunteers nicely. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck you? is even wrong that, with you? Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Take the stick out of your butt. Go home yep. to your fucking Encyclopedia Britannica that you learned all your animal facts from. Shove it up your butt again and then go back out and apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a butt full of with facts. With a butt man. full of facts. Like, just calm yeah. down. And, like, take a breath and remember... You've worked with 10 volunteers who sucked. We totally get it. They came, they sucked, they did awful stuff, they were terrible, and they left. But not these other docents who were awesome and these other volunteers don't have to pay for that. Like, every new person is a new person. They don't know all the shit you've been through. So don't treat them like they should pay for all these other people's mistakes. Yes, that's great advice. Thank you. They, yeah, yeah, they everyone deserves a fresh start yes. and a clean slate. Yes. And it's not fair for you to bring your garbage bullshit past into every experience going forward. Plus, I've definitely had a number of shitty volunteers. And by shitty, I mean did not listen well. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. broke safety protocols, like, whatever. And it could be tough, for sure. And it could be more work in your day if you're a keeper, for sure. But at the same time, I truly believe that there is every... Every single person that you come across has, like, a strength in some way that you can put to use. Like, whether or not it's what you intended it to be or it's, like, strictly what your volunteer program lays out. Because, like, for example, one of my recent volunteers was super enthusiastic and really charismatic and she really loved interacting with guests, which is great. Like, what a great quality to have as a volunteer, especially if you're going into this field. What she was not so great at was following instruction, remembering our protocols, like, you know, doing those kind of routine things that we required, like, as filling that kind of, like, keeper volunteer role. So what we ended up doing was just modifying her duties to be more of those front side things with less of, like, the behind the scenes manual stuff. Uh, We were able to help her strengthen her skills and the stuff that she was really good at, but also get experience in the stuff that she was not so good at it. And then also we didn't have to just like break our backs all the time, Mm -hmm. having to constantly put up with her doing the incorrect thing and getting frustrated. Like you have to be able to think about things outside the box. And I think that's a mark of like a true leader in your program too. And that's going to be something that, I don't know, it just, it carries you well. Just treating people that are in your job, like beneath your job level, 
says a lot about your character, how you treat them. Mm -hmm. So just, I mean, that's something too, that if like, from selfish reasons alone, if you yourself are a keeper and you're wanting to move up, one of the quickest things that your managers are going to notice is how you treat the keepers and the volunteers and the interns that are beneath you. And so if you have a shitty attitude toward everyone, but people on your level or your managers, then that's going to show and that's going to come back to bite you in the ass. So be nice, fucking help people out, Mm -hmm. realize that you were in their shoes not that long ago, Mm -hmm. don't be so fucking high and mighty, Mm -hmm. and thank God for Wikipedia. (laughs) Thank God for Wikipedia. (laughs) That's all I have to say. I'm getting on my soapbox. (laughs) Yeah, I still have memories Um, of, like, my volunteering. It was super fun, and the keepers were super fucking nice, and we're still friends on Facebook, and when I got my first full-time job, they all messaged me and said, like, congratulations, and I, like, went. That's amazing. Also, I won, like, Volunteer of the Year Award or some shit. I don't know. I didn't go to the dinner because I was like, I'm just a volunteer. Why would I go? And then they sent me, like, a plaque in the mail. And I was like, fuck, I should have gone to that dinner. (laughs) I don't know. Fuck that fucking dinner where they honored me. Fuck. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, thank you, Charlie, for writing in that question. That was a really good conversation topic. I guess uh, TLDL, just be fucking nice and don't be shitty and understand that they're there to help you. Yeah, be nice. That's it. Number one. Uh, okay, so we're going to add another question on here. This should be a pretty quick topic. Um, this one was sent in by Nicole. And Nicole specifically asked about our thoughts on giving out names of program animals, like sharing those names with the public and or naming them at all. Uh, she said that she works at a nature center and currently her director does not allow staff to give out the names of the animals they work with uh, for fear of people thinking of them as pets. Uh, She said that she kind of has her own thoughts on the subject. She said that she feels that as long as the name is followed by a discussion about how the animal is not a pet, it can be a great way to help the public feel connected to the animal and promote good stewardship, that kind of stuff. So she's curious about our thoughts on all of that and if we think the pros outweigh the possible cons. Uh, I named my fucking Roomba, so, like, I name everything. (laughs) Yeah, Meerkat Manor, all those fucking things have names. Watch fucking Mutual of Omaha, they name all the big cats. Like, grow up. You can name stuff without it being a pet. Yep. Flora and I worked at a facility where our director did not really see the point in naming animals and or sharing those names with the public. He just was like, uh, what does it matter? Like, they're just an animal. And we're like, because we're the ones that take care of them, yes. and if we want to name it Beanie Weenie, then that, we're going to do What's it. It's a fucking name now, forever. Put that in Zim's. It's name. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's official. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Name them. Do it. Why not? I'm all for it. It's not like they know their fucking name. No, they don't give a it shit. It doesn't fucking matter. They don't even give a shit. I think as long as you're not, I, don't, I think as long as, like, okay, here's the scenario. Your tiger is named, give me a good tiger name. Football. Right now. Football. Your tiger is named Football. And you're doing a keeper talk and you're like, this is our tiger. His name is Football. And then you pop open that fence and you walk right in with Football. And then you start cuddling him and kissing him and giving him screechies and playing it with him with a big mouse. If, for whatever reason, you survive that encounter, (laughs) then you might be sending the wrong fucking message. Because then you're, you know, you are following it up with your context. I think as long as there is context... That's totally fine. And I think, especially in the case of, like, modern zoos, naming their animals is one of the best ways to get people to actually care about them. Yeah. 
because in the past that like didn't happen unless it was like some very big charismatic yes one-off animal um but nowadays people love to hear that and like i said earlier they love those fucking antidotes and so if you did i say antidotes i meant anecdotes <laughs> they, probably, yeah, they love those fucking antidotes man um but they love that shit they love those personal stories and they love hearing about that it helps it helps form that connection so what better way than being like hey this is our freaking giraffe his name is is dongus and yeah. here he is and he loves to lick his own butt people are gonna eat that shit yes up. Like, as much as it. we try to avoid anthropomorphizing, that's, like, the quickest and easiest way and, like, strongest way to get people to connect with an animal is, like, anthropomorphizing Absolutely. it. And it's, like, Absolutely. shit that goes viral all the time is that, like, penguin, naughty penguin of the month, like, good penguin of the month shit. Yep. They all have names. They're putting, like, you know, like, uh, they're anthropomorphizing their behavior even on that. And people, like, eat that shit mm-hmm. up. And then they're going to remember that. They're yep. going to remember that zoo. And they're going to remember that stuff. Um, I think it's like you said too, with like a long time ago when people didn't do this so much, like even in the past like couple years, um, our zoo has started saying like, tell people you love your animals, like tell them that you love <laughs> to take care of them. Because I think that's one of the big things that like bit SeaWorld and stuff in the ass is they would like do these shows and they did all this stuff. And then whenever they were like talking about blackfish and stuff, they were saying, you know, like, we would never do this stuff. We would never do this stuff. Um, but, like, they didn't sit down and say, like, we fucking love, like, I love the shit out of this animal. <laughs> like, I fucking love them. This yeah. isn't a job. Yeah. This isn't just a job where I go to work and, like, I hate animals or whatever and I keep them in, like, cages. No, we love the animals we work with. We have connections with them. They recognize us. We recognize them. They respond to us. We respond to them. Like, there is a connection yes. there. And I think... Like, zoos and stuff are now trying to, like, show that more. Um, yes. That we do have relationships with these animals, and they enjoy, like, our company as much as we enjoy theirs. Um, and I think that's, like, a really, a, a, like, important connection to make. I have run into issues where, um, like, we worked at a place where they gave out names and then they actually started not telling people the names because people would be like hey i bought something for like biscuit this is just Uh for biscuit and we're like well this is for all the animals at the zoo no it's just for fucking biscuit and i want a picture of biscuit playing with it and it's like jesus christ woman that i'll scream yeah um so they had some problems with people like fixating on certain animals um yeah i also worked at but you're always gonna get those weirdos yeah I also worked at a place, too, that, like, they used to list all the animals, and then a bunch of them died, and so then, like, now we don't do that anymore because it's, like, depressing to, like, change their names out. Yeah. I'm like, well, they're gonna, I mean, everything dies, so I, I feel like that is, like, a stupid reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's never gonna change. Like, I don't ever <laughs> write my mom's name down because if I ever have to, like, exit out when right. she dies, it's depressing. Like, what the fuck? Right. What the fuck? Yeah, no, thank you. Uh... While you're talking about Blackfish, I was just thinking, if anyone is new to this show and this is your first episode and you are curious of our thoughts on that, uh, go listen to Dolphin. It's D, episode four. And go listen to Zoo. Those pretty pretty well sum up our thoughts. Just putting it out yeah. there. Yeah. It's too much to get into here. But anyways, uh, yeah, I agree. I think, um, you, like you said, in the age of like social media too, people love that shit. And that's one of the reasons that zoos have begun to kind of like turn the tide and so many people have really like started to back them is they they 
there's that transparency, right? Like people eat that shit mm-hmm. up and that's what they come for. And what's the number one question you get during your keeper talks? What are their names? What are their names? Exactly. Even if you just introduce what them, you'll have 15 fucking people in like interrupt you while you're introducing them to be like, what's that one's name? Um, Cause that's what they love. That's what they love to hear. Even if they hear nothing else. If I'm doing a talk about freaking, I don't know, fruit bats and there's like a thousand of them and one person is like what's that one's name and i'm like jelly bean and they're like oh i love it and that then they leave that's still a connection right <laughs> it's better than just like walking by and not saying anything um i but i think i think it's a great thing to do i think it's fucking weird to not name your animals i think that's like i think so too. i think that i think it's creepy that gives off a vibe that you don't care is what i feel like and you and you see them as like replaceable uh, or like nothing yes 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 Yes. because i know a person who like doesn't name their like i don't even know what it is like reptiles or something i don't know um Mm -hmm. and that is weird yes i think that's weird is it i think it's really weird i think are you at a loss for names is that like you see them every day don't you like talk to them and shit yes and okay here's the thing every animal at its like core being even if it doesn't have a name is a bean so like you could just name it bean is it because there's like a lack of creativity or are you just a sociopath yeah because (laughs) all the animals have numbers i mean hello we have social security numbers everybody's got a fucking number and i know some places Mm -hmm. like they'll refer to them as like the number and i'm like that's so awful (laughs) yeah It's it's strange no 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 I mean, I think you're right. Like, we see them every day. We work with them every day. Like, I think, at least for me, even if for no other reason, it gives me something to, like, it gives me a connection yeah, point. Yeah, like, fun and deep. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, feel that with, like, 701. I'm going to be like, this is Roger Rabbit, and I fucking love him. Yeah. Like, fun and do you have a name? Yes. Does that make you my pet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it fucking does. Yeah, sure does. Uh, I just think it's like a, I mean I don't know I I think it's creepy and weird. It means you hate animals. To not name it gives them. off vibes that like you hate animals, <laughs> and that's not the scene that we should be pushing right now. We should be pushing that we love them no. unconditionally. We'll do anything for them, and yes. like blah blah blah. Like I will, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a big leap from like being like this is our bear named Cheeto. To being like she's a pet, if like I think that's a pretty big job. If some too. like dick bag sees like a serval and it sees that its name's like Mitten Puff, like they're and they're like that sounds <laughs> like a, a pet. It's a really good name. <laughs> then like they thought that before they even got to the goddamn zoo. Like they've always wanted right. a Mitten Puff and they're projecting onto your Mitten Puff. That sounds really dirty. Well. Whatever. Well, it is what it is, isn't it? I think it's way more toxic <laughs> having, like, viral videos and all this shit of actual pets on the internet that we have to worry about. Like, you have the yes. opportunity to show, maybe you have, like, because didn't this person say they had, like, rehab work or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me share that little story. They said that um, it could be obvious that an animal like an elephant or a tiger is not a pet. But with some program animals that tend to be smaller, like screech owls or kestrels, it can be a little less obvious. So they said that um, they had a kestrel that ended up in their care after it was stolen from his nest to be a pet. Um, Once authorities heard about it, he was taken to a rehabber and then given to this program animal uh, place to, like, live with with them and live out the rest of his life there. 
So I think, I don't know. I mean, I think it opens up a conversation a lot, but I agree. I I mean, we've talked about program animals a little bit in that they are kind of like a bridge between Mm -hmm. exotics Mm -hmm. and domestics. And I think they're really excellent fundamental part of having that conversation because they facilitate it they like start it and they're like here's the line right (laughs) um but yeah i mean i i don't think there's ever a situation though where you go to the zoo and you see that there's like a turtle whose name is like cup of tea or whatever and he that's it that's all that says there's always information about that species maybe it's in like an aquatic setting so you can see like what kind of environment it lives in maybe there's a docent standing there like telling you facts or whatever like you get to see what kind of food it eats like it's not just that you've got like you know you've got these animals that just have these names that are wandering around people are like are those pets are they pets what i wish i had more information (laughs) Um, but i think not having a name isn't gonna make like like just like i said if they came to the zoo and they see like general muffin fart bag (laughs) general muffin fart bag the third (laughs) even before they know it's general muffin fart bag the third if they think they're gonna have a serval as a pet they think that and then after you tell them the name they're like i still think the same thing like i don't the name has nothing to do with it these are just dumb bad people and they want to have things as pets (laughs) it has nothing to do whether or not your animal has a name right right (laughs) this is my serval muffin top and i love him unconditionally (laughs) He's not a pet. He's not a pet. He's my friend. He's my friend. I love him. Um, what are some of your favorite animal names that you've come across? Oh, um, because you definitely named a beanie weenie once. Yeah, <laughs> and then we've I've worked with like reptiles where like one of them like t- they two of them like looked basically the same. Only one of them had a black scale. So the one with the black scale mm-hmm. was dot, and the one that like didn't have black scale was not dot. See, that's really Very cute. Good. Uh, it's undeniably cute. <laughs> I am, like, dying. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else did we have going on? Um, I'm, like, blanking on animal names right now. Yeah, I know. I kind of put you on the spot there. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I worked with a, a family of beavers once, and every single one of them was named. And, that, like, to the credit of the keeper that I worked with for their... That was that same place where our director was like, eh, who cares? Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, we're not going to put that on their paperwork and ever. And she was like, no, I'm naming every single beaver. Yes. And I was like, you go, girl. <laughs> Remember when I named all of those, like, Springbok, like, other animal names? We had, like, Mo- Moose <laughs> and Bunny were, like, two of our Springboks. Yes. yes, what a rebel. I just named things. Love that I just, shit, like, if I see something and it looks like something, that's when I name it. That's a really good way to like, name Like, does things, it look though. like a bean? Bean. Does it look like a bunny? Bunny. Does it look like a moose? Moose. This is our hippo. His name is Battery. Does it look like Kennifer Aniston? Done. Done. (laughs) In the bag. Uh, Yeah. So in in summary, uh, yes, great idea. Always name your animals. animals. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Don't ever accept anything less. What are you talking about? Uh, And I think, I mean, no. I just, like Flora said, anyone who thinks that they're a pet and like without any other context is just already a fart bag and is probably not going to change their mind no matter what you say. Yeah, you have them there to make the connection. Why are you holding back the connection? Exactly. That's the quickest, easiest way to do so. And that's the one fucking fact that people are going to remember is that animal's Like if there was an article that says like, 
this like uh red tailed I don't know fucking anything about birds of prey even though I worked at a birds of prey center but like this fucking California condor got like shot and has lead poisoning or whatever the fuck's wrong with them when they get shot and blah 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 but in the article you'll be like okay so what and it's like it's at a rehab center but if it's at at the top if it's like this fucking California condor Sir Giblets senior got shot fucking senior you can fucking come see him at this rehab center everyone's like i want to go fucking see sir giblet senior yeah you've already sold me i'm like booking a plane ticket where do i need to go like sir giblets i'm coming i I just it'll make people care it'll make people remember yes precisely it's yeah i think you said it perfectly like why hold back when you have the option not to yeah 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 don't make no sense don't make no goddamn Uh, sense okay i'm done with this nicole <laughs> fucking done. Uh, thanks, Nicole, for sending that in. It was a great question. And thank you again to Charlie who sent in the first one. That was one. the whole ass Discord, um, too, was like talking about that. So thanks to, yeah, to the yeah. Discord. Um, really great questions. Definitely different than what we've answered before. So thank you. That was great. Uh, if you guys have any uh, quick and dirty suggestions or ideas that you want to send in or just general questions that you want answered, you can reach out to us at keeperchat at gmail.com. Uh, that's usually the best way. For us to kind of sort through those types of things but we do check our facebook instagram and twitter like all the time as well so you can reach out there as well um also if you haven't seen we have kind of like uh flora made a website for us that has kind of everything linked in one place and it's really nice and it's uh what is it keeper chat <laughs> keeper chat podcast.com yes 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 you forget the I, name for some of reason our I thought it... fucking website <laughs> <laughs> no, for some reason, the only thing that was coming to mind was Ask Keeper Chat. Ask Jeeves <laughs> and I was slash like, Keeper Chat dot Yeah, go. I, think, I think my brain's melting. Dot net, baby. Um, so yeah, check that out. KeeperChatPodcast.com. It has everything in one place, plus all of our previous episodes. Additionally, if you haven't had a chance to listen to all of our other Q&Ds, go check them out. We give some good advice, I think. I think it was good. We give advice. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ranting. So if that sounds good to you, then check it out. Check it out. Otherwise, uh, make sure to follow us on all of our social media. And if you are interested in helping us kind of shape our podcast and do um, votes for all of our animals of the week and get all these other fun perks like bonus episodes each month, then consider joining our Patreon. We have a couple different tiers available, and they're both wonderful. And both of them have access to our Discord server, which is fucking popping off. That thing is out of control so get in there while you can it's hot and it's a great time anything else you want to add uh if you haven't seen we do have an auction for aussie animals happening on facebook in february and we are still collecting donations for that um so if you do anything crafty or if you have anything laying around your house that you think would raise some money for animals in australia let us know you can email us or do anything on any of our social media or if you're just interested in checking out what's for sale you can check out the album anytime i'll be updating it as we get donations in and there's already some really really good shit on there so thanks hell yes and 100 percent of the proceeds are donated to wires which is helping out with all the uh wildlife relief right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so it's a gonna be a great great situation we're very excited to do that so get all your submissions in and Look forward to buying some cool stuff. I know I am. I am, I am too. Got some good yeah. stuff in yes. there. Yes. All right, everyone. That's it. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to y'all another time. Bye. Bye.